Yes, people, it's episode 184 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. How you doing? It's Sunday, the what? I don't know what is. We're 9th of August. It's the 9th of August, Sunday, 9th of August. Um, I'm laying on the sofa. I played football this morning. We, we won. We won 3-2. Um, I was at the birthday party last night. Um we started off as a day party. Uh, it's hilarious. So it's a uh, wife's friend, maid of honour. And it was a day party and it said starts at three. And I was like, okay, so what time are we going to have to get there? My wife was like, oh, no, we won't leave until four. Meaning we won't get there till half four. And I was like, okay, that's a bit late, right? And this goes, yeah, yeah, no, we'll just go at half four. Um, yeah, like, I'm not sure if we'll be staying, like, really long, I'm not sure. And I was like, okay, cool. I thought, okay, that's a weird thing to say. I don't believe you. I'm not sure who that was said for. Maybe I've misunderstood you there. They've not stayed for long. Because, well, like, why would you not? And, uh, but I just let it go. Let it pass. Then uh, we, we, we arrived there at half four for the day pipe barbecue um, and some lovely foods of the barbecue. Um, I don't eat red meat, but I've changed my thing to eating red meat once every month. And I'll just pick a day and that'll be a red meat day. And I'll eat red meat that day. And I thought barbecues are probably a very good day to have a red meat day. So I did that yesterday. Some beef sausages, beef burgers, chicken, more chicken. Some curry mutton. So yeah, no, it's nice. But um, so we got there at, four, at um, half four. Um, obviously, it's a party in the garden. DJ came at about seven or eight. I was told that, right, the music is going to lock off at 11. Meaning that would be the end of the party. It'll lock off at 11. Uh, that music didn't come off till about half one <laughs> half one and I wasn't drinking uh, yesterday and what happens at an event like this where you're not drinking is everyone's sober when you turn up and everyone can have a conversation but then when music starts coming on chairs start being removed and then you're less able to have conversations with people because the music's loud and the people are drunk and people don't want to talk. They want to dance. And then you look like you have a problem because you're just stood there not dancing and not really talking to anyone because they don't realise they're slurring. And you're both boring to each other. A sober person to a drunk person is boring. A drunk person to a sober person is boring. So like, we can't talk. And... um and I was speaking to someone for a big chunk of the night who's in man crash. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, then um, he went, that was about just, just got 11. And I thought, well, everyone's having a good time. Wife's having a good time. I don't want to disrupt this. I, I'm going to go and sit in my car and, and sleep. 
And I thought, that's probably the oldest thing I've ever done. To leave a party, to sit in a car and sleep. And that's what I did. Woke up to my wife trying to get into the car. I was like, what? Who is this? I was shook. Wasn't ready to fight. I was just ready to be a victim. Did you know what, what crime? But I thought, I'm a victim here. Even though I'm locked in this car, I'm actually pretty safe. Jumped out of my sleep. And I was like, oh, what time is it? She said, oh, no, don't worry, don't, don't. Wake up slowly. And then we need to try and drive for soon. She woke up. I was like, oh, that's fine. I'm fine. So I drove home. That was the oldest thing I've done. Leave a party early to go sleep in the car. Well, it's good. Well, it was a good party, though. Really enjoyed it. And then woke up early this morning to play football in this baking heat. That is, it was hot. This weather's hot just to sit and have a drink, which I did after the game. But um, just to actually be running around in this heat was unreal. Unreal. And um, yeah, so now I'm just chilling out at home, all showered, chilling out. Um, misread an email, which is great. So. Um, Going to be on BBC West Midlands. I guess it'll be yesterday by the time you lot hear this. So I might try and release this today, but whatever. Uh, but it's Sunday, Sunday evening on BBC West Midlands. And I misread the email to say, yeah, so you know, we'll, agree, we'll have some funny topics. Do have some topics to talk about? You can give your funny take on it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. And that was uh, a few days ago. I got messages more go, hey, have you had a look at chance to look at any topics and I was like hey I thought you were bringing the topics and I was bringing the funny but I'm not I'm meant to be bringing the topics and the funny which then makes me feel like it's a bit forced like oh I'm gonna bring a topic to talk about that I'm gonna make out I haven't had any thought about before and I'm gonna show you how funny I am off the cuff when it's not but then I guess it's no dissimilar to actually do stand-up, right? So I don't know why I'm getting in my head, but except for with stand-up, I can talk about topics that I actually want to talk about. Like, I'm on BBC West Midlands, and the only thing I want to talk about is them using the N-word on the BBC. (laughs) And I'm not sure that is going to be welcomed. So... I, I'm not trying to get a black woman's show cancelled on the BBC by me talking about the BBC using the N-word. Well, it's mad, right? And they're being wrong and strong about it, going, well, we think it's right in the context. The victim's family said they wanted it used so people knew the extent of the racial abuse. And I hear that because I do find it somewhat immature when someone goes, you know, the N-word because we know what the N-word is. But it's breakfast television. Yeah. Breakfast television. And someone summed up pretty simply in a tweet. But yeah, okay, it's in context. But let's say that the the NHS worker was called a motherfucker. No one would think it's okay for the BBC of breakfast to be like, and then as the car drove away, they screamed, you motherfuckers. Darren Griffiths, BBC News. (laughs) It's like, what? It would never happen. It would never happen like that. So we know 
what's offensive, what's appropriate, what's necessary for journalistic integrity. And then some people are trying to claim that by using the N-word is uh, showing the historical context. No, it's not. You could actually say the N-word, which we can't now say because of how offensive it is. Um, that would be given the historical context because of how it's been used against black people. But no. And what I'm, what I'm finding really funny is all the racists coming out of the woodwork typing the N-word because BBC have said it. They're typing it with impunity. Going, well, I don't understand why why I can't say it. It's just the right context, right? And maybe if black people stop using it in rap music, blah, 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 blah. Shut up. <laughs> All right, different context. Like I said, I let people know I'm not a fan of the N-word being used in any context, except for, I guess, a historical one, an explanatory one. But I, I don't see it as a term of endearment, none of that shit. Do I use it when I'm reciting the lyrics to a song? Yes, yes, I do. Okay. Does it sometimes feel good saying it in songs because they've placed it in a part of the song where you have to really emphasise it? Yes, okay. It does. Does that mean I get why sometimes non-black people want to say it? Yes. Because it becomes an integral part of the song. However, don't give a shit. Should be said. It definitely got said on BBC Breakfast News, man. Imagine just choking on your cornflakes here and that. Horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. What else is going on this week? Um, you had the explosion in Beirut. Um, Lebanon. Was that this week? I'm not sure when it actually was. I'm not sure if I spoke about it last week. But um, it's all nuts. It's all nuts, man. Your conspiracy theorists. You're, you're gone too far, rude boy. You're gone too far. You don't need to be talking about them things like that, rude boy. Because, look, I understand. You see something happen like that, it's obviously a tragedy. And your first thought isn't, oh my God, people have surely died. Your first thought is, hmm, interesting. There's explosions in North Korea and, and hmm, I wonder what they're trying to distract us from. Who, who's them? Who, who are they trying to They, you know... The mainstream media, the tool for the, you know, the, 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 the <laughs> what, what they always associate them is uh, the pedophiles, banking, um, sometimes they chuck in Jewish, that, you know, the people who run the world, that, that secret organization that runs the world. They're, there is no secret organisation, all right? It's very obvious organisations that run the world, multinational companies who could sway votes because of how much donation they put to these democratic parties in these democratic countries. Right? And these multinational companies go into other countries that don't even have democracy. Those are the people that run the world. Yeah? Quite simply. Just how the world is structured. They're the ones who run the world. 
So, uh, but yeah, their first thought is, ah, oh, and then what happens as well is, I discussed this with my mum, that I'm just not a fan of 24-hour news cycles because because of that, instead of having, because what happens is you don't have like 25 hours worth of news that you need to like squash down into 24 hours. No, you have about four hours of news that you just spread out over 24 hours. That's why you end up getting people something as tragic as Beirut, Beirut that should have been should have let some time pass. Let it report that some an explosion has happened and there has been casualties. Let time little bit of time pass, and then once it's been investigated a bit, just go all right. These these are the possible out possible uh, causes of this explosion, right? And then report on the findings as soon as you can. But what happens is. Is an explosion happens. Someone's uploaded a picture on Twitter. News outlets get a look at that. They go, shit, shit, shit. Who have we got in the area to get to Beirut? We need someone to report on this straight away. And they get someone there straight away. And who do they interview? A ballistics expert? No. Any kind of like governmental official? No. So who, who does maybe the owner of, of the thing that expert? No. They interview someone who's just like absolutely shell-shocked, had their windows blasted out, and they'll go, hey, so this is Habib. He was there. What happened? And he's just like, and he'll be speaking like Leb in like Arabic, right? And they'll have a translator going, I don't know what happened. I was just sat there having a drink. Then suddenly I heard the explosion. That's when I looked out my window and saw the puff of clouds. I was scared. I went to the bedroom, but before I knew it, my windows had exploded. I have lost everything. I've lost, I've lost my home. I've just bought it, and now I have lost everything. I am poor. And my comp- I work from home as well, so I now have no business. This is so sad. This is a horrible day for me. And then it was cut back to studio, be like, horrible news, horrible news. Then they'd be trying to speak to someone who's out, on the, out of the scene to make up names like, Tom. Um, can you give us an update what's happened? Because he's o- this update is only like two hours after the explosion. Well, there's a lot of mixed reports happening here in Beirut. Um, there's clearly a lot of damage, a lot of destruction, a lot of loss, a lot of death, misery. Uh, but one thing I can tell you is that there are people here who are confused, angry. It's like, what? You're not adding anything. This isn't a story. You're just describing flipping emotions that anyone that's got an ounce of empathy would imagine is happening or like when an explosions happen it's not news right and then you rely on little snippets of twitter someone go oh it's a fireworks uh, factory that exploded and then someone takes that and goes vroom goes over there it's fireworks fireworks don't do that can't be fireworks Ooh, government conspiracy so that it's fireworks but it's not actually fireworks and then someone come up with actually with some chemicals that were stored there that shouldn't have been stored there and then someone goes ah and they tried to tell us it was fireworks hmm sick of them trying to trick us they'll be distracted stay woke stay awake stay alert it's like shut up i'm sick of you I'm sick of you all Sick of the internet. <laughs> so yeah, it's just um can we just just, just slow down? That's what I'm trying to do now. 
when something like that happens, I saw the images, like, wow, that's nuts. I had to remind myself it's not a film, so not to be impressed by the explosion. And I think that is what happens to us, being desensitised by action films. And then when we do see something like that, something explode, we just go, wow, wow, that's amazing. Look how big it is. Look how loud it is. Look how much dust there is. It's like, no, no, let's let, no, let's think about people who've actually died and lost shit. How about that? Just a little bit. Now, am I a hypocrite? Probably. There's probably some other things that I talk about very flagrantly when there is actually some human issue there. But I'm aware of it in this moment. So, you know what I mean? Suck some balls. You've got an issue with that. Um, <laughs> then, then what else has happened in, in the world? Um, I mean, I can't talk about any of those things, the N-word or the BBC, or talk about Beirut and bring some hilarity to those um, topics. So I don't know what else I would talk about on the show later, but we'll see. I mean, COVID. Um, I've seen people on Twitter upset about the use of the term British people. The British people. Um, who knows? Who knows? I don't care about how people use the term British people, if it's inflammatory or not. Who cares? Oh, Michelle Obama. It's got some new hair. How old is Michelle Obama? She looks amazing in this picture. She's got her hair all blown out. Like ringlets. And she's got a friend, Michelle Norris, who kind of looks like Rachel Dolezal. Whoops. Um, right, anyway. I think that's it. I think that's all I have to talk about. Is there anything I've been watching on TV? Yes, and I've almost finished it. Married at First Sight, Australia. Now everyone's like, oh, Darren, what's your wife got you watching this time? Nope. <laughs> nope. She started watching it. She got bored very early, and I carried on. I was like, well, I'm in. I'm locked in. She was watching, like, India Matchmaker. I watched Married at First Sight Australia. And, um, yeah. I could just watch any group of humans doing anything. But one thing it highlighted for me is I've got this weird... um, This weird hang-up or pet peeve, if you will. Bugbear, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, Where... When someone uses someone's name at the end of the sentence, and they're the only person they're talking to. So there's one guy called Anthony, or Anthony, and his wife, who married the first time, is called Nadia. And he'll literally, it'll be just them two in the room, I guess the cameraman, but you know, they're, t- they're in a conversation. And he'll be like, how are you, Nadia? It just bugs the shit out of me. How are you, Nadia? Do you think that's a good idea, Nadia? It's like, stop saying her name she knows you're talking to her my old flat mate um he, he used to do it to me but he did it to everyone and then i realized that a few of his mates from where he was from birmingham i'm not sure if it's a brummy thing that, that when they would visit they would do it you know that's a fair point there darren no you make a good point there darren 
It's like, I'm talking to you. Why are you saying my name? You all right, Darren? You okay, Darren? Yeah, no. No, that's no, that's... Oh, I see what you're saying there, Darren. It's like, I'm here. It's just us two talking. Why are you saying my name? I don't know. Like, is it just me? Let me know if that if it's just me and gets annoyed by that. Maybe you don't get annoyed, but now I've pointed it out to you. You're going to spot people who do it and you're going to go, yeah, that is kind of odd. That you're in a one-on-one conversation and you're still addressing the person by their name. It's just... I don't know. I, I know it's done for people as like a memory thing. So you remember someone's name, try to use their name like three times within the first five minutes and then their name sticks in your head. It's something weird like that. Because I'm bad at that. I'll be at a party. I'll be talking to you all night because you just get introduced to me and I'm just there talking to you. I'm just like, rah. I completely forgot about your name. <laughs> I don't know your name. It's a struggle when I was single as well. If you talk to a girl all night and names just, I can't remember. The thing that used to piss me off is I'd remember everything about the girl. So you got two brothers, one's two years old and one's three years older than you. You're from this part of, of the country. You work here. Cool. You went to this uni. Right. You live here now in London. Okay, cool, cool. You're out for this, for like your friend's birthday. Right. And they're like, okay, but what's my name? I'm like, but I'm clearly interested. I remembered all this stuff. I'm just not very good with names. They're like, yeah, but what's my name? I'll literally reel off all those facts about it and I'll go, but I can't remember your name. You, you said it once and I can't remember it. They're like, uh, well, it was nice talking to you. It's like, what? I hope you meet a dickhead who remembers your name, innit? But doesn't remember your number. Idiot. <laughs> he used to bug me so much. Um, anyway, let's go. Dear Deirdre. Oh, dear Deirdre, I'm terrified. Guys I slept with, guys I slept with, will share pictures of me naked and tied to a bed. Right. Not even a guy you slept with, guys. So do you always get naked and tied to a bed every time you have sex and then get far as night? Anyway, a guy I know took compromising photos of me and I'm dreading all my friends seeing them or worse still my family I'm 23 and I dance in an amateur troupe with some girlfriends we are quite successful we were until lockdown well we were until lockdown doing sets in pubs clubs and sometimes birthday parties we'd hardly been able to see one another for all of lockdown so we decided to bend the rules a bit and hold a joint party last month for a couple of birthdays with guys we knew from the gym all right um, we are all friends and before coronavirus, we'd often work out together and socialise at the weekend. Okay, this is weird that you put on this show for your friends, but whatever. The party was a social club, was at a social club near the gym. It was a great night with dancing and lots of alcohol. Social distancing was rather forgotten. When we were walking home, my feet were hurting. So one guy, so one of the guys picked me up to carry me and his mates carried my heels. My parents were away, so I invited them to come in at my house. We had a bit more to drink and we did some sexual stuff, which I consented to. These guys are 26 and 28. When they left, I climbed out of bed and realised my bra was missing. Creep. I texted one of the guys the next morning and said, I need my underwear back. He replied, what underwear? You mean this? Attached was a photograph of me tied up and naked apart from my knickers Sitting in a chair with a mask over my face. 
He's waving the bra behind my head. I said, yes, I need it back. He just sent me lots of laughing emojis and hasn't replied to our messages since. Oh, this is fucking horrible. It's playing on my mind non-stop. Uh, you couldn't clearly see the photo was of me, but I'm scared they may have taken other snaps and are sharing them around. You know what lads are like? No, I don't, because lads aren't like that. Uh, what if they have? My brother is often in the gym at the same time as them too. Uh, I came... I come from a family who are well respected locally and my parents will disown me if they find out. I know I've been an idiot, but what can I do to stop the pictures being posted on social media or something else? Yeah, that's horrible. Uh, frightening. Disgusting. I'm not, not a fan of that. Um, it's not a thing that lads do. Um, most men I know are very private about their sex life. Not very detailed. Women are usually more detailed. Men's story... Like, a man could fancy a woman, like, for years, 10 years, finally get with her, right? And that woman telling her friends that, well, this is what happened. Because, you know, obviously, when we first met 10 years ago, and they'll start from there. And then they'll get into the night and then say, yeah, so then I, I invited him back to mine. And I felt this. And I felt a bit self-conscious, but then he was really... He was really nice and sweet and made me feel like this. And then he did, he kissed me here and he touched me there. And, da, 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 da. and I was wearing this underwear because I wasn't really expected to have sex. And then it'd be all this detail. Did the guy tell the story? He'd be like, oh, yeah. So, you know, um, so what happened? Was you out with so-and-so? Like, yeah. What happened? And there'd be shifty eyes. And then his mate be like, you banged, didn't it? And he would just drink his drink like, maybe. <laughs> that would be it. That would be it amongst the guys I know. That's that's the story they want. Did you bang? Yes. Okay, that's it. That is beginning, middle, and end of the story. It's all I need to know. So these guys, sinister. It feels like... I don't know, it just feels a bit premeditated. I think it's just a... I think that's a, um, a symptom because of the work you do, like your amateur troop. Thing which I've assumed means like a burlesque type, dancing type thing. That I know it's not meant to be sexual, but it kind of is, and it's kind of like tantalising, kind of thing, you know, tease. And um, and some guys think because you do that, that means you're a certain way in bed, or you're a certain way, you know, when it comes to those things. So they just probably thought we don't respect you. Which is wrong, but I'm just explaining and it's all all a mess. But what can you do about it? Um, I think you have to just ride it out. Let them get bored. Let, let them get bored. Play the day. Just, um, if you... So, it's so easy for me to say. But I guess, yeah, just ride it out. And um, hopefully they ain't got anything more. You're not going to be able to reason with them. Anyone who takes a video like that probably can't be reasoned with to get rid of the video. So um, if you didn't consent to the video, you can maybe tell police. I don't know. Maybe that's what you should do. Tell police. Yeah, do that. Tell the police. Right. Um, let's see. Cool. Caught out. My boyfriend is trying to arrange casual sex hookups on Tinder, but says he was just curious. Interesting. 
Dear Deirdre, my boyfriend is advertising himself on Tinder for sex meetings. Uh, <laughs> sex meeting. I'm 21 and my boyfriend is 24. I saw he was on Tinder a while ago when a message came up on his on his phone. But I put it out of my mind. Then something else flashed up on his phone last week. So I looked when he was in the shower and saw he's got a recent profile on there. I apologise for snooping. But asked him if he what he was doing. Now you can't apologize to Snoofid. I mean that's very polite of you, but you know what I mean? If I raid your house as the police and I find drugs, I'm not gonna apologize for your door. You know what I mean? I'm really sorry about uh your front door. But I've got to ask you, what's going on with all the drugs and the prostitutes? They the sex trafficking, what's what's happening here? But I mean, again, look, we've both been the wrong here. I've bashed up your door. You look like you've got some international drug cartel going on. But we're both in the wrong. I mean, I've acknowledged that. So maybe you can acknowledge that. Who knows? Anyway, um, I apologise for snooping, but he asked what he, I asked what he was doing. He said it was just curiosity and he'd never cheat. I want to believe him, but he has crushed my confidence. And why did he forgive me for snooping if he's done nothing wrong? Uh, what? Now, see, I can't deal with that weird backwards logic where you're now mad that he's forgiven you for your indiscretion because you think that means he's guilty of something more. I don't know. Maybe he's just curious, but it's a weird curiosity to have. Um, and that in itself is not appropriate for me anyway. That's not an appropriate curiosity. You know what I mean? If you make take Tinder from being virtual, make it into a real place. Tinder is a club for single people. So would you be okay with your boyfriend or girlfriend or your partner going to a club exclusively for single people? It's the entry requirement to come in. You have to be single and we're looking for other single people to hook up with. And he's like, I'm just going there because their music's bagging. <laughs> what? Eh? You're not having any of it. So what I say is you make him delete, get rid of it. Don't mug yourself. That's all. Just don't mug yourself. Um, right, last one. I like these ones. Can't win her over. My partner's mum hates me and says her son can do a lot better. Eesh. Dear Deirdre, my partner's mother hates me. So when, so when we visit her in Scotland... Ah, oh, she's Scottish as well, so... That accent just makes it harsher. You see you. You're not good enough for my son. Think you can come into my house. And talk to my son, you Jezebel, you. <laughs> my partner uh, stays with his mum and I have to stay with a friend of his. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm fed up because I then don't get to see the rest of my partner's family. His sisters and brother where they all get together. Jeez, um, I am a woman of 53. Ah, oh, allow it. You're too old for this. I thought you were young, teenager, early 20s trying to impress their mum. How old's the mum? My partner's 58. His mother is 91. Oh, don't worry. Her voice is going to be so feeble. Well, I see you. You'll never be good enough for my son. My, my wee willy. You'll never be good enough for him. You never will be. 
And he's just like, shut up. You never will be. You're old and you're haggard, yeah. He's like, you're 91. You don't have any pictures of yourself in colour. Anyway, his mother has never liked me. It all came to a head when she asked me how much I contribute to our joint finances. If he pays Haggis, how much are you contributing to the Haggis year? You Haggie. <laughs> um, I didn't think it was her business, so I moved the conversation on, which got her back up. Damn right. Damn right, it's none of her business. I heard her saying to my partner that I wasn't right for him and that I that I never clean and I'm lazy. You've never been to the house. She now refuses to see me and I don't want to speak to her in case a few home truths come out my mouth. Yeah, because true. When she's 91, if you start firing off some home truths, she may have a heart attack and die. So we yes, yeah, absorb it. She's 91. Just absorb it. Just laugh, all right? Just look at her, just so, all right, cool. Or what you do is you pretend you can't hear what she's saying. She's that old, she's going to run out of breath. You know, she's like, I told you you're ugly and you don't clean and you're not good enough for me, son. And you go, sorry, what was that? I said that you're ugly, you don't clean and you're not good enough for my son. What's that, my love? I said that, do you know what? Screw you. Get out of my house. <laughs> What's that? Do you want a drink? Just ignore her. Just make out that you cannot hear her. She'll get tired. You can't cuss someone who's clearly not listening to you. That's what you do. Anyway, that's the end of the pod. Um, I haven't got any topics to talk about for my appearance on BBC West Midlands later. So we'll see. How this goes. I'm flipping hungry because I've eaten a slice of bread today. That's all I've eaten. Um, it was nuts. I took a supplement this morning, right? And as I swallowed it, I read the back of the pack. It says, don't take on an empty stomach. And I was like, yeah, whatever. That doesn't mean anything. I, I don't feel hungry, so I'm fine. And I drank like a, a herbal tea after, right? Um, can't lie. My stomach literally just started doing backflips. Like straight away. And I was like, I think I'm going to throw up. Gave myself a little t- two-finger Jimmy in the back of the throat. <laughs> Had to. I just literally vomited up the drink and the supplement. Felt fine straight away. But I was like, wow. That is a super quick reaction to not taking it on an empty stomach. So I'm like, okay. I've, 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 I've felt your power. i felt your force. I will now listen. So that's it. Um, I think that's the end of the pod. Anything else I can think of? Nah. Nothing else. I'm flipping hungry. I've got to go eat. Right, people. That's it. End of the pod. Peace.